This is the Christian Life Coach Collective, and I'm your host, Laura Malone. We're talking all things coaching, concepts, tips, tools, self-coaching, mindset, faith foundations, and definitely entrepreneurship because I want to support your calling as a coach and help you build a thriving online business with God as your CEO. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Here we go. So I've been in a couple of situations recently where I either made a decision to do something or I was encouraged to do something that I knew had gone against my opinion, (laughs) or at least my opinion about that thing in the past. And in one of these situations, I I actually began to do this thing that I'd had an opinion against in the past, I realized that I was actually holding a judgment against people who did it. And because I was praying about doing it and talking to the Lord about it, I realized this is a good opportunity to just say, Lord, please forgive me for judging other people about this. You know, it's, it was an opinion I had, but it became a judgment at some point when my soul decided it was right or it was wrong, right? And I sometimes recognize that I have an opinion about something But other times I'm clearly letting that opinion become a judgment. So I actually want to talk about that a little bit today because there's a difference between the two and both occur for all of us because we're humans who breathe. We have opinions all day long, but we also have judgments. And I want to talk about the difference between the two so you can kind of more clearly understand when you simply have an opinion, which is okay to have, and when you have a judgment that you really just need to bring before the Lord and deal with. If you judge others, you end up being judged for the same thing. And that's not, that's not the good fruit that you want to bear as a kingdom bringer, right? And Matthew 7, 1 says, do not judge and criticize and condemn others so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned yourselves. That's the amplified version because I like how it gives more definition to the word uh, judge by using criticize and condemn, because I think that's where the difference lies. So we're going to divide it into just two categories to simplify this for you. And the first category of opinion, it only involves one person. It's like, it's just you. It's what you believe, think, and feel about something. It's, I like this. I don't like that. That's a pretty color. Um, my favorite thing is this, etc. And it's okay to think to yourself, that car is pretty or that car is really ugly and allow your opinion opinion to just simply define what you like and don't like, what you're attracted to versus what you're put off by. That's totally okay. Opinions are fine. How you express the opinion is something that is a matter of like good self-leadership and self-control, right? Judgment in the context of being judgmental means that your opinion has connected to criticism or condemnation. So You might say, I hate the color of the car, and then judge that car as a literal character flaw of the person driving it. Like, who would choose that car? (laughs) Well, now somebody else is involved. It's not just you and your opinion. There's a judgment against them based on your opinion. And you can feel the difference here because judgment usually has more emotion attached to it than opinion does. So if you feel repulsion, disgust, disdain... (laughs) you might feel it, be feeling judgmental. Um, you could simply be judging somebody or something in what you call a more positive light 
as well and it still be a judgment. You can still be criticizing and condemning something even though you're saying, I like it. Now this goes down to like get in your heart, right? You could judge somebody for having pretty hair and decide that her pretty hair actually speaks about her. You know, I actually have friends who, at least in the American culture, people would say are very beautiful women. But these women often will say that they have felt judged most of their lives beginning in elementary school with other girls, right? Most of these women won't say that they feel judged by men. They, they would feel appreciated by men, but judged by women. Why? Because those women and those girls in elementary school had opinions that came attached with strong emotion or thought that drove their judgment and stemmed from an opinion that came with comparison. And comparison, when it comes with criticism or condemnation towards any party involved, whether it's towards the pretty girl or themselves, it's a judgment. And another contrast between the two is that an opinion evolves and changes over time as you grow and you have experiences, all those kinds of things. Opinions are personal and they're not necessarily based on fact. But judgment, it often occurs at the point in which, for you at least, your opinion becomes a statement of fact. When you find yourself determining that something is or isn't based on what you've decided, good or right, like you've landed a judgment on it. And as in the case of a courtroom, you have judged something to be worthy or unworthy, good or bad, right or wrong, but it's still all stemming from your opinion, yet you're making it a statement. You're making, trying to make it a fact. Like you can't make that a fact, but to yourself, to our inside, in our soul, in our brains, in our paradigm, we think it's a fact when in truth, it's just something we decided, which doesn't make it a fact. And it often comes with a critical or condemning spirit behind it. So our version of judgment leads to arrogance if we don't correct it, But what's worse is it comes back to us because Matthew 7, 1 and Luke 6 both speak of a spiritual law, something which is something that the word says will happen. And it's like a, if this, then that type of law, right? If you judge, then you will be judged. Luke 6, 37 and 38 says, judge not and you won't be judged. Condemn not, you won't be condemned. Forgive, you will be forgiven. Give, it'll be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It'll be put in your lap for with the measure you use of anything, it'll be measured back to you. So if you give forgiveness and if you give to others, if you're benevolent, it'll come back to you with the same measure, if not more, right? But if you give judgment and condemnation, that's what you're going to get. So think about if you feel judgment and condemnation coming from the world around you, you need to stop and ask why. Why is there an open door for that to occur in my life? And this shows us that when somebody's going maybe just in the wrong direction in life, we can either lovingly point it out and guide them in the way God says to go and deal uh, deal with sin in a way that the Bible talks about versus how often the church and the people in the church, it's not the church, it's 
it's the people, us acting like people. Um, if we do it the way the Bible says to do it, it's different than the way our souls want to do it. Or we can heap our judgment on them and rebuke them based on what we have judged as right and wrong. But Galatians 6 1 tells us that if anyone is caught in transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Okay, a spirit of gentleness. That's what the Bible says. So I don't know when the last time you had somebody try to restore you the way you should go with with gentleness. And I'm sorry if that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> I honestly, I don't, I don't know the last time it happened for me. <laughs> but let's take a look at one more thing that speaks about what is in the heart of man. Romans 2, 1 to 3 says, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. Here is a truth we don't want to see. In passing judgment on another, you actually condemn yourself because you reveal that you, the judge, do those very same things that you're judging. That is what the Bible says. It's a, it's a spiritual, it's like a, if then, if this, then that type of thing It's saying, if you are judging the the judgment is actually coming from something within you. And maybe you're not actually taking the action, but it's in your soul and it's, it's there to the degree that it has come up for you when you see something happening. And so in some form or fashion, your judgment is pointing out something within you. So the Bible's calling us out. Yeah, it's pointing out that our judgment is coming from a place within us that's actually doing the very thing we judge. It's, but this is, this is God loving us because when he shows us what, what we need to see need, that needs judgment in our own lives, like his judgment of what is what should be there and what isn't, what we need in our lives and what we need to cut out, then it actually moves the things in our life that hinders his love out of the way. So for a second, let's talk about judge, uh, the judgment of God, right? Ecclesiastes twelve fourteen says, For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. That's really sobering, I think. And then James 4.12 says that God judges in his righteousness so that we can know his ways better. There's only one lawgiver and judge, and he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Gosh. Ah, deep breath, right? Here's what I want you to come away with. When you see that you're being judgmental, I just want you to slow down, turn to God, repent for it receive immediate forgiveness because that's how repentance works. It's like, that's, that's just what happens. <laughs> He's like, oh, you repented. Okay. What were you talking about? It's as far from the East as the West, as far away from you as the East is from the West. Like that is what happened. It's that simple. If you hold on to it, that's your choice. That God's not holding on to it. Then release love and grace and mercy over the person or situation you were judging recognize your opinion. That's okay. I like that car. I don't like that car. But also recognize that your soul wants to be the judge, but your spirit knows better. 
it feels so good to have opinions without turning them into criticism and condemnation and comparison and shame makers. And for yourself, it's the same thing. Judge the sin in your life to get into alignment with God and do it with compassion for yourself. But casting judgment on yourself in a condemning way takes so much energy to uphold. It's exhausting to judge you all day long. I'm bad. I'm good. I'm wrong. I'm right. I'm less. I'm more. It's so tiring. Again, you can have your opinion, but don't allow the inner critic to do all the talking. Learn how to walk yourself into love and remember that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance, not his hammer or his gavel that pound us into the ground. That's not what he's doing. That's what we're doing. And so then we interpret what God, what God's conviction is. We interpret it through the lens of condemnation and conviction because that's how we operate. It's what we think. But punishment does not lead to repentance. It leads to fear and shame that say sorry with the mouth, but self-protect with the heart. The amplified version of Romans 2.4 says, Or do you have no regard for the wealth of his kindness and tolerance and patience in withholding his wrath? Or are you actually aware or ignorant of the fact that God's kindness leads you to repentance? That is, to change your inner self or your old way of thinking and seek his purpose for your life. So I love the definition of repentance here because it feels so different than the one we fear and resist that comes from our pattern of thinking that's probably rooted in our childhood or past church experiences or our family. Um, It says to change your inner self and old way of thinking and seek his purpose for your life. And I say that Christian life coaching actually offers you a way to do that. That It's like the root system of all I do in my life and business because I love repentance. I love change unto growth. I love the conviction of Holy Spirit because conviction leads me to righteousness and good fruit in my life. Condemnation makes me look inward. It makes me a navel gazer. (laughs) But conviction invites me to look upward and gaze on God's glory and his love for me. Okay, well, after several weeks of coaching business episodes, (laughs) this is refreshing to get to some self-coaching content. And it kind of just came naturally through these experiences I was having where God revealed my own judgment, made me want to dig into this difference between opinion and judgment so I can kind of lay it out there for you and give you language for it and help you to move it out of the way of God's love in your life. That, I think, is the root of conviction. Holy Spirit brings conviction to move everything that hinders God's love in your life out of the way. And I just pray that you that you lean towards, if you lean towards condemnation in your soul, if it's part of what you would call like habit or personality, that you'll open the eyes of your heart to begin hearing God speak to you from a place of conviction and that you'll learn the difference between the two. Because one, the conviction, it comes with kindness and gentleness and it's it's meant to lead you to repentance, to the changing of your inner life and the changing of your old way of thinking into a fresh paradigm that aligns with his hope and promises for you so that you will seek his purpose for your life. And also, I pray that that's how you'll begin to see others. Where you once would judge, I pray that you would become compassionate because they have a story too. It's a story that Jesus is aware of and that they are just as worthy of grace and mercy as you are. One step further, if you struggle to believe that you are worthy of love and grace and mercy, I'm here today to tell you that you are. You are fully, completely, 100% worthy. 
and so worthy that Jesus died for you because he deems you worthy. Your father and your creator says you're worthy because you're wonderfully and fearfully made, my friend. Like you always have been and you always will be worthy. There's nothing you can do to change it. I'm so sorry if nobody's ever told you that. You deserved to have parents who told you that again and again and again, but they likely didn't believe it for themselves, didn't know how to say it, and didn't know how badly you needed to hear it. So let me be the voice that tells you of your worthiness if it's new to you. And John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that anybody who believes in him won't perish, but they'll have an eternal life because eternal life means you get to be with God forever. Like he wants to be with you. That's his goal. And if the phrase for God so loved the world doesn't shift things inside of you, let me tell you a little bit about what it means. God loves you so much. He traded his son for you. Would you trade your son or daughter for someone else? Would you do that? You personally were trade like his son was traded for you. And I want you to let that soak in and let it sow deep worthiness into you because the things that hinder his love want to keep you from believing, thinking, and feeling that you're worthy. But when you rise up from a place of worthiness and wake up to the truth about you and who you are in God's eyes, when you live your days with self-compassion instead of judgment, you're going to be an earth shaker, a kingdom bringer. You're going to be a hope slinger. (laughs) Okay. No wonder the enemy of your soul wants you to stay the judge because that keeps you locked up. But God is in the business of setting you free. Love you, friend. Have a great day. I hope that you love this episode and you feel challenged, inspired, and encouraged. If you're a coach or you want to be one, jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group so we can connect over there. And to work with me, Grab the links in the show notes to get quick clarity about your calling as a coach and entrepreneur, as well as how to get trained as a coach with Sterling and Stone and start your own business. Bless you, friend.